It's Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposes, and it's Wednesday. Let's get started. So first things, I have to apologize. I know I've been wearing a really awesome lipstick the past couple of weeks, but tonight you get bedtime joy. As joy is ready to go to bed. She is tired. It's been a long day. So I'm just rocking some clear lip gloss tonight. Um, I mean, it looks jazzy enough. I can tell you who it's by, and it is old for sure. Let me see if I have it. And then I'll be rocking from my uh, Glow Getter line. So this is called Lip Lip Silk Sheer Gloss. And it's almost empty. I think I actually got it from um, uh, Victoria's Secrets a couple years ago. So I'm rocking that tonight. So it's finished. I can fall into bed and ugh, snuggle and get it going. All right, so tonight's Three Cheers of Joy is brought to you by I found a Chardonnay and a Poppy. Remember, I'm rocking the white wine because of my teeth treatment. Mm, trying to get them white. So they have a Chardonnay. It's really pretty good. Rivals their Malbec. You know, I love the Malbec, the Poppy. I drink it all the time. And I'm drinking out of my Joy Exposed. Let me see if I can show you my Joy Exposed podcast cup. You see that? It says Joy Exposed on it. I'm horrible with the lighting, but it says Joy Exposed. Anyway, so I'm drinking out of that tonight. And I have some. So if you see me out, get one because I got them. Everybody should be drinking out of them. Mm. Okay, Poppy Chardonnay. Three cheers. My first cheer of joy. I um love to hear wine pour. You hear that? It's, my, it's like a waterfall. My first cheer of joy is that I started about two weeks ago doing some yoga again. And not traditional yoga because I swear by Adrian who does yoga on YouTube. But instead of doing that, I've been spending about 10 minutes with me. Body, moving in ways that make me feel good and that kind of cater to me and not being forced into anybody else is asking me to do. So cheers to moving my body just for me, not for anybody else being on my own course of movement. So cheers to that. My second cheer of joy is that on Amazon Prime Day, I brought myself a, a Echo Dot. So I have an Alexa, right? And so I'd never had one before and I only set it up yesterday. So that lets you know how enthusiastic I was about it. So cheers to Alexa on my Echo Dot. Cheers to that. So my first cheer of joy was moving my body as my body needs to be moved and not self, not directed by anybody else. And I'll talk about that a little bit. My second cheer of joy was just myself. And I bought an Echo Dot. And I'm pleased that I got it. I've been using it since this morning. And I like it, right? And I haven't asked it to do anything but start a list and uh, play music. So <laughs> that's about all that I do anyway. And, and my third cheer of joy is... Oh, I met my step goal today without even trying. So um, I met my step goal today, which is great because I didn't think I was going to make it, but I did. So I just made it a few minutes ago. So cheers to meet, meeting my step goal, which is 12,000 steps. I met it today without even trying to do it. So cheers to that. Those are my three cheers of joy. And if you didn't remember, three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration, that have nothing to do with anybody else, only you. You taking care of yourself, you celebrating yourself, you recognizing your significant contribution to the universe. You, 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 you. And that's what the three cheers of joy is about and that's how we're functioning on that. So my first cheer of joy was, what was the first cheer of joy? Was it yoga? Was the yoga moving as I wanted? Oh yeah, so the yoga moving my body as it needs to be moved and not directed by anybody else. Um, Alexa, I bought her for myself on Amazon Prime Day. 
And I've reached my step goal today for 12,000 steps. So I hope you're celebrating something awesome too. So cheers. All right. So thank you guys for joining me. I'm really digging the joy exposed. I just love doing this. It's so much good therapy for me because I can talk out loud about situations that I've been in. And you guys know I'm critical of myself. Like I'll put myself on the fire front line quick. I'm always ready to take responsibility for my actions. So if I've been in a situation and I fucked up, I'm going to say I fucked up. So speaking of that, <laughs> great segue. All right. So remember last week I talked about, this is before we get into the Facebook post of the week. Last week I told you guys a story about me buying that damn camcorder and all of the drama and shit that went along with trying to get it going. Well, I returned it. <laughs> And the independent woman in me was going to keep it and figure that shit out and use it. But I didn't need it. Like, I didn't need it. I can buy a webcam, a 4K webcam, and connect it to my computer without all the extra bells and whistles. And, and honestly, I could have a camcorder if my focus was to record people around me. But that's what I got the gimbal for, too, right? But the camcorder is recording stuff around me. And what I need to do is record myself. And so what would I have to turn the camcorder around? It was just, you know, I jumped and I should have done a little more research. And I, like I said, I own my fuck ups. I don't pretend that they don't happen. I own them. And I talked through with Faceless Love. And of course, he didn't tell me that I should return it. But he also listened to me talk about how I couldn't get it to work. And you know, and he was like, well, what are you going to do with it? He's very good at flipping it around, making sure that you understand that you have a sense of responsibility to it. So I did return the camcorder. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I'm going to have to get me a new camera. I'll get the 4K webcam, but I'm going to wait a couple of months because I did just get this new camera and my videos do look really good in it and I'm growing, right? So it's okay. I'm just going to slow down. It's like I went from crawling to trying to walk to running a marathon and that's not how it works it's, i gotta give me some time in there so i fucked up i don't have a problem saying it but i wanted you guys to know because that was a source of conversation last week and it was funny because it was a debacle and i wasted a lot of time on it all right so facebook post of the week so every week i pull a couple of posts off of facebook or two give my opinions on and laugh at or whatever. And this segment is sponsored by um, STM Specialties. They do the insulated, I call them Steffies. It's like a Yeti, but it's a Steffi. And she'll decorate it for you however you want it decorated. And as a matter of fact, I have one that I need to let her know what to do. Faceless Love has one too. And I was supposed to send that and I didn't send it yet. And I bugged him about sending me the stuff and I still didn't send it yet. Damn. I'll send it tomorrow. But stmspecialties.com, sponsor this segment, Facebook post of the week. So let me get started. All right. So here's one I found this afternoon, a Facebook post that I found this afternoon that I love. Some of y'all think you'll make good partners because you won't cheat. What? But don't realize you're inconsiderate, unappreciative, manipulative, insecure, lack empathy, have poor communication skills, harboring emotional trauma from your past and bad at sex. <laughs> you're reading all that and you're like, fuck it, just cheat. <laughs> I think this is a this is by Erica Burke who posted this. So the funny thing is that people put so much emphasis on somebody cheating in a relationship not understanding that there's so much other bullshit that could be happening, right? Like people could just treat you like shit and they're not cheating at all. They just treat you poorly. And that's not a pass either. So it just, this post just makes you think of not getting caught up in that simplistic space of that, like just that thing. It's a culmination of events. It's, um, oh, it could be a lot of different things, but 
just because somebody doesn't cheat and they make it known they don't cheat and but they treat you like shit that's still not a pass as a matter of fact somebody made a post and said if you had good chemistry with someone and they were good at sex but they had a bad temper and they were verbally abusive could you be okay with that i was like what kind of dumb shit is that you want me to let somebody abuse me because the sex is good because then you start thinking about it the sex may be good now but how long is it going to take me for it to not be good if you're verbally abusing me or physically abusing me and how long is that chemistry going to last i was like that's stupid however there were people on the post saying well how mad do they get and asking questions and stuff and i was like y'all some sick motherfuckers out there if y'all trying to figure out how to let somebody mistreat you like that's crazy as hell to me right so i just thought that was really weird but whatever that wasn't the facebook post of the week that was just me making a comment about what somebody else said um so another facebook post of the week was by ricky lee she's one of my facebook groups a little sweetie um she shared a post that said generational curses go beyond poverty it's elders dictating your path Ooh, it's staying in bad marriages yikes it's rejection for your sexuality oops it's men not being held accountable whoa 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 it's women being undermined it's children being neglected it's not only about money and we talk about that comes up a lot in conversation now because people are trying to figure it out. As a matter of fact, there's a chef named Dana that had a conversation with about black Americans in this country. He has such a unique outlook and a way of explaining it to me that I enjoyed talking to him about it. I'm going to actually see if he'll come on and let me interview him um, next month. I'm going to check with him because such a good explanation for black Americans in this country and our behaviors and where we are. And it, it shed light for me, and it also gave me a little grace, right? It gave me, allowed me to relieve some of the pressure of me on me for where I think I should be, and just to be grateful for, be appreciative of where I am instead of what I think, right? Just a unique outlook. And so talking about generational curses, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, it truly is. And we, I mean, so we're, a lot of what in black American cultures still to this day, a lot of the training that we do to our children is training based on what, how our ancestors were trained by the slave masters, right? So I'm going to beat you because you're going to do what you want to do. That's, this is all slave thinking. No, you don't get to go away to college. That's too far. And you got to stay here and take care of those are all very, manipulative thinking thought processes that come from what was learned by from the slave master and we're still doing that to our children now and people have justification in it they think i can beat my children and that's going to make them do what i want them to do and it's okay and they say spare the rod spoil the child well maybe but it doesn't mean beat the shit out of them and make them unable to move or unable to think on their own but that's what it turns into. So that's a big deal in Black American cultures, holding each other, we're holding people hostages, we're holding each other as slaves. And that's a no-no. For me, it's a no-no. Like I need grown-up ass people around me. And I need to know that if there's a generational curse, if there's something that's bad for me, let me find it on my own. Don't hold me hostage in it based on what you think I should do who you think I should marry, where you think I should live, if I can or cannot go to college, or if I don't, you don't make those choices for me. Let me fuck my own life up. And a lot of times people fuck their life up because they're trying to get away from something and they choose anything other than, it's like you're falling off a cliff, right? And because you don't want to fall off the cliff, you jump into a barrel of fire. Well, if you weren't forced to fall off the fucking cliff, you wouldn't have decided to jump into the barrel of fire. So we have to be very cognizant of that with our children. Especially, I mean, I'm a grandmother. I'm a grandmother, I'm a mother. I'm not leading my kids into some shit that I think is right, because that shit might've been right for me 
20 years ago, it could be something totally different from them. And my fear isn't enough to hold my children hostage. As afraid as, as afraid as I am of shit, I'm not holding them hostage based on my fear. If they're not afraid, go for it. I'm going to hold on. See how this go. But we have to break that. So thank you, Ricky, for that post. I appreciate it. Let's see what else I got. Um, nope, that's not one. Uh, is that it? Okay, so, and this is the last one I'm going to read tonight because I love this. The mom on this post, I love her. So the post says, I let a nigga make me cry last night and my mom heard me. You already know that's bad. <laughs> so they made that and then they screenshot the conversation from the mom after that. One, do you know who you are? Two, why, all caps, why is he trying to shit on your successful day? A, to exert control. B, to make you feel like less. C, to make you seem like less than the greatness you are so he can feel better about the nothing he's got going on. Mm. Come on, mom. This is what I'm talking about. Three, stop letting a loser define you. Four, stop dehydrating yourself over an option. He's not your full purpose mate. He's a fixer upper. You cannot align yourself with the fixer upper. That is an uneven yoke. Five, fuck him. That might have been my number one. <laughs> I'm quick to say that. Six, now text some other nigga and make it the truth. Seven, quit that fucking pussy ass crying right fucking now. So this is a woman talking to a woman. And, and I love that because... I had to learn how to do that with my children because with my daughters, it's like, okay, well, I understand. And then one day I realized they don't need the mom in me. Hey there, Clarissa. They don't need the mom in me. They need the woman in me. This is woman to woman. And I, to this day, when shit happens, I'll say, hey, I'm not talking to you as a mom. I'm talking to you as a woman. So listen or not, but this is a woman-to-woman -woman information. Take the information or not take the information. But I've been there, and I know what the fuck this is. And I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm explaining to you what happened so you can make a decision yeah, to break the generational curse. If my mom was in fucked-up relationships when I was growing up, and I was in fucked-up relationships when my kids were growing up, and then I realized, Oh my God, I'm reliving this same shit for my kids. And now my children are choosing relationships because I know they're fucked up. I'm not going to say stay in the fucked up relationship for the sake of whatever. I'm not going to do that, right? That's not how that works. So that's, my, that's breaking the generational curse, what we were just talking about. If you know something was fucked up when you were growing up and you saw it, do some different shit. And I refuse, I refuse to be in some fucked up shit. My marriage and then the relationship I was in after that, those were my two fucked up relationships. The two was enough for me. Two was enough for me. After that, I could run a nigga sideways, upside down, into the garbage and not care. But I, two yucky relationships was enough for me. I didn't need three to make it all right. I didn't need to try again. I knew. I was at my wits end for yucky relationships. I knew that I didn't want my children to meet another motherfucker that I was fucking with. I knew that. And I literally was like, yeah, no. Because I remember being little and meeting people that my mom dated and loving them. And I can list names, their names and everything. Remember enjoying them and going out and doing stuff together and vacations. And I, I remember that I was a little girl growing up and meeting these different people that my mom shared in relationships with, which isn't necessarily anything wrong, but it had nothing to do with my mom. 
It had to do with me when they were no longer in my life. That was all processing that I had to do growing up. Why this person was no longer in my life. That they broke up, that shit means nothing to a child. You just remember them. Remember the kind of car they have, where they live, what y'all did. That's the kid shit. I didn't want my kids processing that shit. So, no. That was it for me. My husband, my ex-husband. So that's the same person. Husband, ex-person, same person. Not two of them. My ex-husband and the guy I dated after that, that was enough for, for me and my children. I, they didn't need to meet nobody else. Nobody else. I didn't give a fuck. No. Because I needed to break that. I didn't need my children suffering and processing people coming in and out of their lives. That was it for me. So the mom talking to her daughter in this post, fuck that man, fuck that nigga, whatever. Fuck it. Mm -mm. We're not crying over somebody who's trying to make you feel less than. Joy Exposed is all about that. When somebody tries to make you feel less than, it's trying to convince you that they're better than you, they're smarter than you, they're more important than you, and most of all, that you're not as smart as them. That you aren't as important as them. But the one thing we know and we talk about here is that God chose you. You think God chose you to let another motherfucker be better than you? No. So when people play those simple ass mind games, it's on us to understand that this is a mind game. And I don't know why I'm crying because it's not like it's a good relationship. It's not like we're in a good space and I'm happy when I'm begging and pleading and asking and blah, 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 blah. It's not like it's good. But we don't want to tell ourselves the truth about it. We, this I get to preaching on this right here. When you tell yourself the truth about some fucked up relationship, man, that says you have to own the fact that you chose to be in a fucked up relationship. And if you don't acknowledge it, you stay in the fucked up relationship. Until I have a ring and a date, my mom dated men that I liked. And when they broke up, I missed them. That's right. Clarissa, me too. Clarissa just made that post. Me too. I can. I know whole ass names to this day, and I'm 50. I remember these men that my mom, not even just the men, the women that my mom was friends with, the women that I played with their kids, and then they fell out, and then the women are gone. And here I am, a grown ass woman, looking for these people who brought goodness to my life. And the reason they left is because of some fucked up shit that happened with them and my mom. I don't want my kids processing my adult relationships on, on because I forced them on there. I'm not, I didn't, I stopped doing that. So with my, uh, me and one of my girlfriends stopped talking and I, my daughter asked me about it. Well, you know, I love her. I said that you keep talking to her. If you love her and she loves you, you can keep talking to her. This has nothing to do with you. I didn't have a problem with that. But I'm not subjecting my children to process these relationships to end it. I didn't want that for them because that's difficult. It's it's hard as a child to process that, right? And I didn't want my children to have it. So that guess what? Break that curse. Break that cycle. It's not happening anymore. It's not happening more. My kids met faceless love, but guess they're grown. <laughs> that's the thing they're fucking grown now they can meet whoever they want to meet they're grown but growing up no 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 i didn't want it that was a big deal for me i didn't i did not want it i remember my daughter told me one time sometimes when i'm in my room i hear mr such and such coming up the steps i was like no, the fuck you don't. It don't matter who it is. <laughs> but I said to myself, like, whatever. As long as they don't, you ain't had to meet them and know who it is, you could think whoever you want it is. <laughs> but I'm not subjecting them to that. You're right. Grown is different. And that was that's a big deal to me. Hi, Vaughn Hinton. Thank you for joining. So for me, I'm very, I was very real on that. Like I'm not bringing people in and out and that kind of thing. And when my daughters get caught up and they're with their guys and they having their issues, my daughters will both of them will tell you, I'll be like, break up, break up with their ass. 
They're like, oh my God, mom, like, okay, nobody's supposed to make you feel bad. Being in a relationship isn't about feeling bad. But if you feel like this and the way you're presenting to me, it says breakup. And they're like, I'll call you back. Okay, reevaluate that shit. Because for me, breakup. <laughs> I'm like the hammer. Like, argh, forget it. So those are my Facebook posts of the week. And I love when the mom says, you know, mom is like, no, I'm not doing this shit with you. And I love that. And and be honest. That's right. The art of next. Out of here. And, you know, be honest with your children about what, how people are looking at them. And to say, why is he trying to shit on your successful day? Anybody who loves you is going to celebrate with you. They're not going to sit up and put you down on some shit you're celebrating. So that's my last Facebook post of the week brought to you by STM Specialties. I've got Clarissa uh, on here, Clarissa Gillis on here. She hosts The Sweet Spot on Friday nights at 10 p.m. She hosted on Facebook Live. And um, hopefully that you guys can catch her. You know, I'll be ready to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, is it 10 o'clock? Yeah, it is 10 o'clock. I was thinking it was 11. It's 10 o'clock. It's called the sweet spot. And so next week they're talking about, um, not tantric sex, sacred, sacred, sacred sexual experiences. And so that's what they're talking about this week, this Friday night. So maybe we can catch that. Um, all right. So let's keep it moving. So thank you, STM Specialties, for uh, sponsoring our Facebook post of the week. 11 p.m. It's Friday nights at 11. I told y'all about sleep. I've been trying to catch it. All right, so let me tell y'all. Last week, I told you guys I got an agent. Her name is Maika, MJI. That's the company, MJI. How about Thursday night, honey? Let me tell y'all. I'm in such uncharted orders. Thursday night, she sends me a message. Hey, can you talk? So, you know, I'm like, sure. It's like, I'm in the bed on the phone. Yeah, so I'm like, I'll call you back, baby. I got to go talk to my agent. I'm all fancy. Check all her. She's talking about, hey, audition for a commercial. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? I'm never auditioned for a commercial. Like, uh, is this the right person? You got the right person? So she had this commercial she wanted me to audition for. She told me what I needed to do. And then she says, I need it by two o'clock. I was like, first of all, I got to fucking practice. So that means Thursday night I slept like shit because all I was thinking about is I got to be ready to audition for this commercial. And it was a it was a tough go at it because my plan was to get up and do it Friday morning because now in COVID, you record yourself, you send it. The plan was to get up and do it Thursday, Friday morning. But my granddaughter got up and decided she wanted to do yoga with me and hang out. So I didn't get to do it. So we were having a big taco day at work. I had to go to the store and get stuff for taco. So my whole morning was crazy and I was planning to do it. I ended up doing it at um, 12 o'clock. I ended up finally carving out a little bit of space at 12 and reciting. I had to go through and read these lines. And uh, I'd sent it. I was like, shit, here, whatever. I don't know. And she said it was perfect. So we'll see what happens. But that's the beauty of having somebody doing stuff for you moving around. Because I was like, oh, Lord. And then she's like, I got another one. It's for such and such. I'll send you the information. I'm like, uh, I'm an author. <laughs> I host a podcast. I don't know about all this. You know, but we'll give it a try. If it's going to bring some money in, why not? Um, I have, a, I want to talk, we talked about anxiety last week. I revisit that from a very personal space. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about something. Because I need fresh photos. That's what I've been requested of me. I got to have a photo session. So I have this cute dress. And the dress is like a buttercream with brown, and it's got these cobalt blue flowers in it, slate blue, like a slate cobalt. Just really, it's a 
cool ass dress and you guys will see it when I do the photo shoot. So I have in my mind, thank you very much. I'm trying, I'm multi-talented, do what the universe assigns you. I'm trying Clarissa. In my mind, I have the perfect shoe to wear with this dress in my mind. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm, I'm on Zappos, I'm on DSW. I can't find the fucking shoes. So Sunday I went kayaking. That's a no, whole other story. I'll tell you in a second. After I left kayaking, I'm walking around in my swim shoes and my kayak clothes. I'm going around looking Kohl's, Steinmark, Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Belks, Dillard's. I'm going around looking for this shoe that's etched in my brain that I can't fucking find. <laughs> so I get home Sunday afternoon. I shower, get comfortable. I talk to Faceless Love. I'm like, babe, I can't find this shoe. And I'm telling him about the shoe. And he's like, I said, but if I can't find it, then I got to wear something. You know, I'm just talking through it. And he says, this is what he says. I told y'all. And, and the thing is, I give him a pass, but he's really like an asshole. Like he's, I'm th I give him a pass at being kind of passive prodding, but he's really like an asshole. So he says, wow, did you look in your closet? What the fuck, right? My closet? I'm like, no, I didn't look in my closet. I know I don't have shoes to wear with it in my closet because I know, damn it. Like, what kind of shit is that? So I'm annoyed now because first of all, I looked all over and I can't find the fucking shoe. And even the shoe I said, if I can't find the shoe I'm going to go back and get, isn't really enough of a shoe to make me go get it. It's not even a good alternate. So I go to sleep. I wake up Monday morning. I'm pulling out. You know, I got my dress out, hanging up sideways because I got to get my stuff together. I get to do a couple of outfit changes. It's a real three-hour photo shoot. You know, I'm taking my stuff out as I go. And this is Friday night coming. So I get my little, my shoes stacked up on top of my closet. So I get this little hand that I have and extend it and pull down a couple of shoe boxes in my closet. So I pulled down one and I didn't even open it because I was like, it's so it's lighter than what I want. It won't go with this dress. So I pulled down another one. I open it and look at it. This is a fucking perfect buttercream shoe. Perfect buttercream shoe. Now, I want it blue. You guys know I want it blue and that would have been fine. But I never considered the buttercream because I was so hell-bent on the blue. But this buttercream is the exact same color as the damn flower in the dress. So I had to go to Faceless Love once again. Mind you, the camcorder shit was last week. And now I got to go to him again and say, I found the shoes in my closet. So he going to be like, I don't know why she think without me. <laughs> So I did get the shoe. I do have the shoe in my closet, my buttercream pumps, and their T-strap, just like I want it. It's the exact shoe I wanted, but it's in buttercream instead of in blue. And so that's really cool. All right, so that's Friday night, so that's going to be a lot of fun, and maybe I can go live a little bit because I do have somebody there helping me. So I may be able to go live a little bit during the photo shoot. We'll see. It's all this neat little stuff happening, so I'm excited about it. All right, so real quick, Sunday I went kayaking with my Kelly friend. Remember I told y'all about Kelly, the one we stole a pool. We went kayaking before, so we went kayaking again. Now, Kelly has a unique way of describing her friends without giving any cultural background which I really like about her because it tells me literally the culture doesn't matter. It's what kind of person you are. So all I know is Kelly and I are going kayaking and two of her other friends are going. I know their names. I don't know anything about them. Well, because she was telling me, oh, you're gonna love them. And this one is like you and this, and this one is like you and this. I assume 
and maybe I'm racist or single-minded. I thought they were black chicks. Mean what? But I get there, one is Venezuelan and the other one is a white lady. And I'm like, I swear these were black chicks. But she was right. I did love them. They did love me. We had a great time kayaking. The difference in this time kayaking is that the water table was really low. So we were at several places out in the bay, in the Gulf, because it's a mangrove. So it's like oysters and shit and roots growing up. It's beautiful. It's several places that we actually were out of our kayak pulling the kayak and walking because the water was like right above the ankle. So it was a very low water table. So that was a neat experience because I've never walked. I've never, I feel like when I do new stuff, it changes the schema of my brain. It makes me adjust to different things. Me, my feet sinking into the sand, trying to keep my balance. Like New things put add wrinkles to your brain. And I'm big on wrinkles on my brain. So I need to keep learning stuff. So that was kind of neat. I, and we kayaked a lot too, right? So the kayaking, because it's like a six mile kayaking trail, but we didn't get to go through the mangroves because the water table was so low. And it's a lot of oysters in there. And you don't want to go back in there and fuck anything, fuck up in ecosystems. Now, the key about us walking is that we saw one shark, a whole little shark, and several dolphins, and one shark, and some fish. So I don't know that I've often, I mean, I don't know that I've seen a shark swim up to a fucking boat before. So for me, I was like, ah! I mean, it was little, but it's a shark. Like, what the fuck? It's got teeth and it likes bite stuff. So I was a little panicked. And then when to walk and pull our kayaks. I was really like, I can't be no whole bitch out here, but it better not be no fucking shark swimming up to me because I don't know how I'm going to respond. But it didn't, so that was fine. And But we did see several dolphins. That was really cool because I like you love to see it. And like I said, the water table was low, so it's fins up. You see them swimming. There was no low nothing because just right there and the fin was up so that was kind of neat so that was really exciting and we stopped and got under a tree we ate some ate some lunch had a well we had a sandwich and a couple shots of tequila which it's all fun and games when you're having the tequila you're sitting in the kayak but when you have to stand up to pull the kayak i fell twice i was the only one that fell <laughs> out of all of us Two times I fell straight back, bloop, on my ass, bloop, into the sand, had to get up, you know. And I had on these really cool dry wick pants, which was cool because I I don't have any dry wick pants. I didn't know that I did, but these um, leggings that um, I got, uh, faceless love, damn, these leggings that I got work really well because once they get wet, they just dry quickly. So I was really keen on those. And that was a lot of fun. And then we left there and went to get some lunch um, at this restaurant that everything is digital, where you scan the menu, you order from your phone, and you pay from your phone, everything. So that was really dope. So I had a, that was really nice. So, um, so yeah, I mean, so the whole kayak experience was nice. And that's who I'm going to ride in the hot air balloon with. But we were looking at the hot air balloon and we realized we need to lose about six pounds a piece <laughs> to not be overweight. <laughs> so while well, we wanted to call out sick to do it next week, but we can't. We got to wait till we lose a few pounds. So, you know, oh well, that was fun. I can't wait till people come visit so I can take you guys kayaking. I had a lot of fun. All right, let's see what else is on here. I made a little list. Uh, I voted early. I voted on Monday with Jasmine, my youngest daughter. She and I went Monday and voted, and that was really cool because I voted with Joya when she was 18, and now I voted with Jasmine. So now when Quentin gets old enough, I'll vote with Quentin. 
um, just one time I got to go just to know that I'd spent that time with them. And that was really cool because I, I was like, and you know, this is how you know you're an old lady. I'm up early on Monday. Ready. Jasmine sleep. The baby sleep. I'm like, um, you know, I'm waiting on you to go vote. <laughs> she was like, what time is it? <laughs> I'm like, it's almost seven o'clock. <laughs> That's the old lady in me up early. Like, let's go vote. So she took the baby to school and then we went to go vote. And so it was pretty cool to hang out with her like that. You know, she's the middle child. The middle child gets the short end of the stick because they're the middle. They don't have to talk. They don't have to make decisions. They, it's the middle, right? So I, I'm happy that I have time to spend with her, that time to spend with her. Um, let's see. Okay, so we're going to wrap up tonight talking about, we're going to revisit that anxiety that we talked about last week. Um, talking about anxiety sucks, hashtag anxiety sucks. And I'm going to tell you guys because... You know, I like to keep it transparent. I love to be who I am on my podcast because shit, why not? Right? Like, I love that. So let me tell you guys how I dealt with my anxiety. And you may understand, you may not, you may agree, you may not. And that's okay. Remember, it's my path. I walk it the way I walk it. And it's not for judgment. It's just for honesty. Part of me and my anxiety that I realized I didn't feel as anxious after I had had some sex. Like after I got it, I didn't have that anxiety, right? So once I realized that I need this release, and it wasn't a release like you get when you're masturbating or pleasuring yourself. It's something about the power and force of another person that just makes you just let that shit go just ugh. so that was a big thing for me with my anxiety huge deal with me when i felt the anxiety i was always seeking someone else to help me relieve my anxiety and it could be sex sex is my issue sex is a straight ass vice for me i love it i don't knock it it could be food it could be alcohol it could be Shit, biting your fingernails. It could be anxiety release can be anything. Your badass habits, right? So the things that require you to submit to something that's not good to you. Those are the things that we look for in those anxious moments. You think about it. Somebody could be have an anxiety attack or feel some kind of way and go eat a whole fucking pizza. A whole... Yeah, exactly. Clarissa said, I think many of us have used sex that way. It works. It does. It just takes the power. It takes that stress away from you for however long, right? So we have all these bad habits. We don't care if you go get some crack, you smoke a blunt, you snort some cocaine. It, these, these negative things that we do to make us relieve this. And it creates a cycle of abuse, a cycle of misuse for us in several different things. Well, mine was sex. Mine was sex. The problem, and I didn't realize until later that my problem was while I felt like I was getting rid of some anxiety by interacting in this way with other people, I was now picking up their energy. I was picking their energy. I was picking up something else I needed to ask forgiveness for. I was picking up something else. I was just carrying all this shit with me. And now it seems like the shit that's got us anxious goes away. But then the shit that's got us anxious is the shit we picked up the last time we were trying to get rid of some shit, right? So it's like a yucky cycle of picking up bullshit. And that was very difficult for me. Now, hindsight, in writing about it, I didn't know at the time what was going on. I just knew that I was looking for some form of self-healing, self-medication, and my self-medication was sex. And I've talked about it before. I've always studied my body. I've always studied sex. I've never been afraid of sex. I've never been afraid of trying things. I've never, because I had so much information 
And I'm like, you ain't gonna, I mean, I ain't gonna die from it. <laughs> That's always my thought. <laughs> I'm not gonna die. It's just sex. It could be good sex. It could be not so good sex. I ain't gonna die from it. My goal was always, I'm gonna have an orgasm, right? So, and I knew how to do that. But trying to release some negativity and going into a situation to pick up some negativity and going in a situation to pick up some, to release it, to go in another one to pick up some more and really, so you're in a really a yucky, a yucky ass space. And I remember when I got to a point that I was like, I don't feel good after this. I don't like the way I feel. I didn't enjoy that. I remember precise, I remember specifically having sex with someone, like literally having sex with them. And I had an orgasm and I laid there. Could you hurry up? I was so cold and in the space that it didn't even matter that it was another human. And I was like, the next day, not then, because I really wanted them to stop so I could leave. I was like, that really isn't a good way to treat somebody because I wouldn't want anybody to treat me like that, right? So I had to give myself some time to figure out exactly what it was I was trying to do. And I realized that what needed to happen needed to happen in me and it didn't have it didn't have anything to do with anybody else. And so I started literally asking like because i believe you know i believe in god so i'm god fearing and i know that i'm here he chose me i believe that i'm not a big go to church person i'm not gonna quote you any bible verses i'm i'm not doing anything but when i an entity greater than me the greater than me is god so i talk about god i talk about the universe i'm very open with that i'm not having listen to me what i say can't nan motherfucker come to me and argue with me about what I believe. That's how much I believe in it. However the relationship formed and however it has been solidified and it has allowed me to move free and to get to know myself and to walk my path. No one can argue with me about it. I don't care what your army is. Don't come to, don't come to me with it. You got a problem with me, you go to God. Leave me the fuck alone. And those are the words that I will say. So what I started doing was trying to figure out what the hell am I doing? Like, I don't even want to do this. Like, I'm not interested in this person and anything beyond the fact that he has a dick. I know that. And I'm saying this out loud. What am I doing and why am I doing it? So I started having the conversation with God. Like, help me with this because this can't be healthy. It can't, I mean, I enjoy it until I come, till I have an orgasm. And, but after that, I don't enjoy it anymore. I'm not pretending to enjoy it anymore. I'm not pretending to take care of somebody. I'm not pretending to care. My pretend is gone. My mask is completely off. I came here for the, that's it. So when I started having these conversations, like, damn, I'm feeling like this again. Help me. Help me with this feeling. Like, what am I supposed to do? You know what I'm about to do? Keep me safe. And I made the conversation outside of my head to the entity greater than me because I knew that would be the entity to protect me because I'm a woman. Anything could happen to me. In the situations that I ended up in, things that I did, any fucking thing could have happened to me. Anything could happen to me. But I was like, okay, keep me safe because I'm feeling some kind of way. Keep me safe. And I remember going and I was going to spend the evening with this man. And I'm praying, asking, keep me safe. Lo and behold, I get there and the man couldn't get an erection. That's what this is? Okay. Deuces, I'm out of here. That was a message for me. Now, the man didn't like the message because he was like, well, hold on. Wait a minute. No, I'm good. I'm out. Because this is my, that is my message to me, right? That's my message. So I left. And then I started asking, okay, 
I'm having this feeling again, this anxiousness, this I need the power of a man. I need it. I just felt that way. And when the situation came up, sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't happen. And that was okay. But the fact that I kept going in the situation expecting something different lets you know that's my own human fuck up in there doing the same thing and not even the same people, different people. That's my own human fuck up, right? But I started asking after the fact, okay, forgive me. I did it. And I know I was mean. I know I was callous. I know I was, forgive me, forgive me. So I started asking forgiveness afterwards. Now, if you never ask forgiveness after you know fucked up, <laughs> that's some humbling shit. <laughs> because literally, how many times are you going to ask forgiveness for the same fucking thing? <laughs> like, okay, Saturday morning, can you forgive me for my blah, blah, blah? And you can't just be like, forgive me. You got to say what, what you asking forgiveness for. Because God is very specific. You can't be like, forgive me for my behavior. No, you have to be like, forgive me because I this, I this, I this, I did. You got to be specific so he can forgive you. Okay, it's Sunday. I know I just asked yesterday for Saturday, but now I'm asking for Sunday. So what I started doing after I got tired of hearing myself asking God for forgiveness is when I was feeling that anxiety and I was setting up these calls, booty calls, dick call, whatever you call the calls, when I was setting it up, I started asking specifically to the person because it was fair for them to know what the fuck I had going on. Hey, you look like a lot of fun and you're really good looking. Mm, but is it worth it for me to ask forgiveness in the morning? If I do this with you tonight, is it worth it for me to go to God in the morning and ask for forgiveness? Well, it seems like a good idea in here. But when you say it out loud, the men are like, what? <laughs> Because they don't know if they're worth it or not. They don't know if they're worth asking forgiveness or not. But when you can pose it to them and they can ask you, what What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? You can see them not, you can see them acknowledging that they don't even consider their own acts worthy of God's acknowledgement. And that was the cure to my anxiety. It was me being honest about the bullshit I was on. Me. It had nothing to do with nobody else saying it out loud. Right? I knew I, I knew how I felt. I knew what I felt like I needed. But I was in the yucky cycle of getting it, getting it. And it just kept going over and over and over and over because I kept falling into the same shit. And it didn't have anything to do with anybody else but me. But I was the person suffering. So why am I going to continue to suffer if there's a way out? If I can step outside of this. If I can step outside of this cycle of me trying to force a solution to my anxiety by thinking that I need somebody else to do it. Then that's it, right? Like I I had to figure out my anxiety was the shit that I was holding on to. And by bringing on other people's energy, other people's bullshit every single time. It and it, and it, it wasn't necessarily bad sex. Like it wasn't like it was bad sex, but I wasn't even in the mind to appreciate the sex. All I wanted was that instant gratification and that release. And then I really didn't give a fuck what happened. Peace. I'm out. And that's a tough place to be in because you don't understand how callous you are and how meaning you think it's a meaningless interaction. But then you end up talking to people later, men later who are trying to figure out what was it about them that. Or why didn't you want to go out with them again? Or why? 
And no, all you and you don't say, well, I was fucked up. I was in a fucked up space. I wasn't trying to go out. Like I was trying to perpetuate in a cycle of yucky. I, that's all I was doing. And it wasn't even intentional. I didn't know. So once you figure out that cutoff to you feeding that anxiety, to you feeding that negativity that's driving your life, once you can figure that cutoff, that shit becomes easy. It's easy. It's like being on a fucking swing and you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. As soon as you can get your eyes to uh, concentrate on what you're doing and you can get at the right height and jump off that fucking swing, the swing will keep going until it loses momentum, but you're on the ground. No longer caught up in the the movement swing and that's some real shit for me so because i spent that time in that anxiety space of seeking i've been able to write these amazing stories about real fucking people that i share with real people that i've shared with and i had to it was my responsibility to do the men justice i couldn't because i was out remember i got out I got out of the chaos. I had to write the stories in the goodness that I received, not from their perspective, because they, they didn't matter. They didn't necessarily matter. They were a conduit to me reaching salvation, reaching peace, getting off the merry-go-round, jumping out of the swing. They were just casualties of that war. We never talk about that to people. Nobody wants to tell somebody you were a casualty of war. Nobody wants to say that to somebody. But the truth of the matter is we've all had casualties of war. Men have all had some woman that they went and fucked like mad because they need to release something that they bought from somewhere else. But they don't want to talk about it. Women have all needed to be fucked like Hell, all hell is broken loose because they need to release something from somewhere else. But we don't talk about it because we don't want to hurt somebody. We don't want to tell them this wasn't about you. This is about me. We live in a false sense of this is about you. And it's not. It's a, it's a personal. It is a personal space we exist in when we are trying to get to freedom. We're trying to get to salvation. And I believe that shit. So I wanted to share that about the anxiety because we talked about it last week. But we don't really know how to resolve it. I've had anxiety to be like, I'm anxious and I go to the store and I eat a box of little Debbie cakes. I've done that. I've had anxiety to where I fuss at somebody and lose my shit. And it's all me. It's all me. And when I realize it's me and has nothing to do with anybody else, I have to start picking a part of the things that are fucking with me. I got to start picking that shit apart because I'm the one that's dying. The little Debbie cakes ain't died. The men I was fucking, they didn't die. They weren't dying. They weren't suffering and struggling under the anxiety that I felt. I was the one that dying. I was the one that was dying. So we have to understand the power we have, our voice, the universe, God, call it what you want. The palm tree, whatever you talk to, to get clarity in who you are and feel like you're receiving a response and guidance, then do that shit. Save yourself. Save yourself from the anxiety. I've been there. Want to just run, want to just drive your car into a fucking building. I've been there. Dread going home. I've been in all those places. Can't sleep at night. Thinking, worried, bills, whatever. It doesn't matter. Something has held us hostage with the thoughts of it. My release was sex until I realized that was also, it might've been my release, but that was also the thing that fed me. That it fed the anxiety, it fed the anxiety, it fed the anxiety. You have sex with somebody and then they call you, anxiety. I don't wanna talk to them, uh -uh. 
Uh, don't let, don't when the phone ring, who is that on the phone? Oh, I'm feeding my own anxiety with a bunch of negative fucking behaviors. Stop feeding your own fucking anxiety. I'm a witness. Now, you want some beautiful stories? You want some amazing eroticism? <laughs> Read my books. <laughs> and I, most of that shit is true. I don't knock any of it. Like, I literally don't knock any of it. But I had to figure out how to get rid of the fucking noise, the anxiety, the stress, the whatever you call it. When you start figuring out, am I going to live or am I going to die, and you're in control of both of them, you'll make a fucking decision. You will make a decision. Get rid of the shit that's not bringing you life. And that is the truth. It's 10 o'clock on Wednesday, October 21st. This is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. All past episodes of Joy Exposed can be downloaded from everywhere. Google Joy Exposed. Wherever you find your podcast, they're up in there, right? So um, download the podcast. You can look at it on YouTube, and it's going to be on Facebook still. And I appreciate all of you for joining me. Mm. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. I'll see you guys next week. We got 10 Wednesdays left in this year. Let's make them great Wednesdays. Cheers. Good night.